the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll with your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband Brian is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian discuss current events from a biblical worldview, so we as believers can influence for good in our culture and in the public square. Here is Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Hello, Biblical Citizens. Our guest today is from Arizona. Her name is Marissa Hamilton. She is a whirlwind of accomplishments. I tell you, you might say she and her group are responsible for keeping Arizona from going blue and from frustrating the leftists from flipping it. They've also stopped mandates. She's worked with Carrie Lake on election integrity. She ran for mayor of Phoenix against a powerful incumbent, Kate Gallaga, and though she didn't win, she stopped her from implementing a lot of her great research agenda, and she continues to do that. Marissa Hamilton, again, is the founder of EZAZ.org, a grassroots organization whose mission is to make civic action as, quote, easy as pie. And they do that through having town hall meetings and meet and greets in people's homes and they serve pie and coffee and do friendly things like that. Marissa is a crack shot researcher, community organizer, speaker, and communicator. And I got to know her because I got to attend a workshop that she gave here in Encinitas in our area to teach others how to be as effective as they have been in Arizona. She's going to tell us some of the key things that she was able to share with us. And one of them is why public officials often seem oblivious to what people think, but they still are affected by public pressure. Welcome to our show today, Marissa. Thank you so much for having me on. This is going to be really interesting. Um, First, I'm going to tell a very short little story about how God arranged for you to meet up with our mutual friend, Summer Boger, president of the California Eagle Forum, you know, she had met you, I think, in 2020 or a couple of years beforehand anyway, but the time wasn't right then to connect with you. But then you showed up at the Eagle Forum conference in Washington, D.C. as to fill in for one of the speakers that wasn't able to make it. And Summer thought that was just very providential, and she invited you to come to do the workshop and so she had that opportunity. But let's just start right in and ask some of the questions that were so helpful um, in understanding how to make change in local governments and local policies. One of them is, I want you to explain, Marissa, about regional councils and coercive federalism. This is something that not enough people know about. I didn't know about it. And and yet, it explains a lot. Yeah, there was a um, an organization called Center for Self-Governance. And 
um, I happened upon their training a couple of years ago, and they talked about uh, years ago uh, that in the United States that there was an advisor to many presidents, and I'm I'm forgetting his name at the moment. I think it was Mary Weather, and he invented something called uh, Marble Cape Government, which is where they wanted to get rid of uh, basically override the will of the states. They found the 10th Amendment to be very pesky and that it really inhibited the federal government from being able to get a lot of the programs that they wanted to have done, which was the intent of having states' rights. That's the intent the founders gave. They wanted to override the will of the founders and also override the will of the people. So, And the local invented- governments, too, as well, not just the states, right? I mean, Correct. Yeah. Yep. And local government also. And so... They invented um, basically using federal spending to do that as a mechanism to do that. And so they started off slowly, like Marxists normally do, um, where they said, no, 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 this is cooperative federalism. We're just spending this money to help enhance your communities locally. Um, But we're going to give you some suggestions on how you use the money. But ultimately, you know, state rights, local rights, you guys decide how your streets are going to look, and everything else. Um, Then in 1960, they invented a program called coercive federalism. And in order to do this, they had to actually change the way the House Rules Committee was structured. So when you look at the fight that we just had with House Rules this year, um, it's been a 63-year battle to get back. Well, and and let me me just interject real quick. The the government, whether it's state local or federal, never gives money without having strings attached and telling you how you spend it. That's- well, what I read, though, what I read is actually, if you go back probably pre-1960, this might get to what you're getting at, Marissa, where it's a slow-growing process. Initially, it was presented as no strings attached, right? But then yes. but then the strings, it's like a spider web. You don't First, you don't even see the spider web, and then it gets... Then you until you're the all caught up in it. Thicker and thicker yeah, and thicker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So explain some more so about yes, that. So that this was coercive federalism, and yes, and you said that's why it was so important that the rules have been changed at in the House of Representatives on the federal level. So explain about that a little bit more. Yeah. So prior to so prior to uh, this coercive federalism program, they weren't able to get as much spending as they wanted through because there was always four Democrats and four Republicans on that committee. So they were constantly at a stalemate um, to get the spending through. So the speaker at the time, uh, he changed the committee where it would be 15 members and then loaded the committee up with a ton of uh, big government, big spending people on that committee. And so that that then formed, uh, they ran a bill that created what's called these councils of government. And they are run regionally. They're nonprofits. They are not actually government. They're fake government. Um, and they, uh, the regional boundaries were determined by the federal government. There is no local control to determine those boundaries. Um, generally, they're within a state. But we're now finding that some of these regional council of governments uh, cross over states. Like uh, we just found one that crosses over between Kansas and Missouri. And uh, and they usually have on their board um, elected officials like the mayors. Um, they also have city managers and they have uh, county supervisors and county managers. 
But none of these people have been elected for that position. So they they try to make it seem like it's government and that the will of the people um, exists in this body. But no one was actually elected in that position for that role. And most of the public has no idea this exists. But 99 percent of the decision making on how our communities are going to look and how that money is going to be spent and what rights we have locally, all of that is determined by these councils of government. Oh, wow. You know, I think an example of that locally, but uh, you have to bear with us, Marissa, because along with our listeners, we're still learning from you what exactly constitutes a regional council. But I believe an example of that locally that we've talked about is SANDAG, the San Diego Council of Governments. And what it is, it's comprised of mayors of different communities in San Diego County, but it's headed up by a non-elected bureaucrat who very much pushes a Green New Deal type of agenda. So they're very well funded, but you can't get any funding out of them to improve, for example, freeways or things for cars. What they're trying to do with their with their clout is force everybody into a more concentrated, congested areas where it's all public transportation. And they also tried and so far have been stopped in implementing a mileage tax, and I don't know if you've anybody's pushed for that in Arizona, where literally there's a transponder in every car and every mile you drive is taxed. This is coming from this regional association called Sandag. Well, and it makes sense that it that what you said is these are elected officials, but they were never elected for that particular decision making. No, they never were, and and so and they get the money from the federal government or the state and in the form of grants, right? Yes, that's correct. So so there's some money, like when you look at right now, there's uh, two or three primary mechanisms of federal funding that they're getting their money from. One is the American Rescue Act, which was from COVID. Another um, was is from the um, supposed bipartisan infrastructure bill. And then the other one is under the guise of the Inflation Reduction Act. And uh, so we were we were recently at a climate action summit a couple of months ago, and they said that there's so much money pouring through a fire hose from the federal government that uh, they're not these climate action summit um, you know bureaucrats that they're not able to start enough organizations to use the money fast enough oh, wow. to be able to put in that Green New Deal agenda. Well, now so the question though. Now, so a lot of the, okay, you mentioned the three acts the, that Congress passed. Now, were those omnibus bill pa- uh, bills, omnibus bills, yes. were those, those were passed within a big package? Those were multi-trillion, right? not multi-billion, multi-trillion uh, dollar so, bills. And I think the analogy you just made, Marissa, of coming through a fire hose. So all this, we're running up unbelievable record deficits. In fact, during COVID, uh, including 2021 and 2022, federal spending as a percent of gross national product went up more than 10 points. It's went up to over 32% of our entire economy federal spending largely driven by the the bills that you just mentioned but now how does that relate to changing the rules in congress and and that that we got uh 
um, Speaker McCarthy out. I'd like to know the way that that. this relates to the rules of what happened in Congress right now is because now we're not having these omnibus packages come through. So what what McCarthy was having planned was that he was his whole shtick was that, oh, we tried really hard on the continuing resolution or we tried really hard on the 12 appropriation bills. We got, you know, four of them passed, but it's just really hard with the Senate. And so we can't let government shut down. And that was his reason for doing that continuing that first continuing resolution was that we can't have government shut down. And so that's what's happened every single year for decades now is that they don't get the continue. They don't get the appropriation bills done. They then do a continuing resolution to save the day. They try to make it all dramatic. We're going to do a shutdown if we don't do this continuing resolution. And then at the end of the year, they just throw everything, um, every possible lobbyist uh, uh, wish list into one big, huge omnibus bill. And it's kind of like what Pelosi said. You have to pass it to find out what's in it. Uh And then we find out what all the spending was afterwards. What changed this year is that because the House rule changed, that they have to have that they have to restore regular order. And that they have to do have to have appropriation bills again, and that they cannot have an omnibus. Um, that is what that's what stops this massive trillion dollar spending packages in its tracks. The reason why that's important is because one of the things we learned at this climate action summit that we were at is that their goal is to have a hundred trillion dollars of spending for the Green New Deal. <sighs> so so think of it from this perspective: you have the regional councils of government, which are unelected bureaucrats and bodies of entities that are unelected for that role. And they are deciding the um, transportation policies for the region. They are deciding the um, uh, air quality um, and environmental quality policies for the region and a whole bunch of other stuff, water policies, et cetera. They're negotiating with the federal government as to what type of spending they they want and with what strings they want the federal government to attach to it so that they can change what the local control, what the local people would want and how that money would get spent, such as the vehicle miles traveled, as you uh, as you uh, pointed out. Wow, that is really, really important for people to know. So it is very important that that Matt gets in the Freedom Caucus did what they did and we should support him on that wow and we need to support mike johnson as the new speaker it sounds like you know i wasn't i wasn't thinking that kevin mccarthy was all that bad because he talks a good conservative line but when we put it in perspective the issue of the omnibus bills is huge gigantic and doesn't this help explain marissa why local people locally they elect their mayor they elect their local assembly people and so on and then they scratch their heads and said and say i wonder why they're doing that they didn't they didn't sound like they were going to do that but it sounds like the way this thing is set up uh talk more about that i mean are they handed a plate of money and saying if you do this this and this for the green new deal you get this money otherwise we're going to cut off all your money including maybe money that for good things that you do want i mean is that kind of how it works oh that's exactly how it works and we just had that battle here in arizona and so we as local citizens have been go- showing up to our regional council of government meetings which is called mag notice how they all sound very much the same yeah um 
And uh, and so we've been going there testifying that they are not real government. They're not legitimate government and talking about how they were set up in the 1960s under the course of federalism program. And we've just been calling them out. Uh, the national group that they fall under are called the NARCs, the NARCs. Well, that's <laughs> probably so, an appropriate name, too. Absolutely appropriate. And so all of the plans that they have all come from that group and those groups get their plans from entities like the UN and the World Economic Forum. And all of it is to um, to to essentially say hold hold representatives hostage. And so in Maricopa County um, and our our state legislature decides um, what the proposition is that the voters will vote on for this money. And we got them to pass a prop a proposition that was going to fund our roads fund fixing potholes and all that good stuff, um, Very have very limited funding for, um, for public transportation and ban the funding from being used for expansion of light rail because no one's using our light rail. It's just this black hole of money that no one's going to benefit from. And they had every, all of their big donors, all of their um, nonprofits, everyone come out of the woodwork and hold our legislature hostage and literally tell them that they would um, that they had enough votes to override the speaker, to override the Senate president. They were going to um, do a motion to vacate on both of them, that they were going to uh, turn our state blue. They were going to take all the funding and they were going to start threatening the uh, donors that that were funding the conservatives. They And so it was just incredible to see this just like monster just come out of the woodwork because we dared not to have money go to their light rail expansion and also prohibit their things like vehicles mile traveled. Wow. And, and you were able to stop it though, even though they threatened, they, they actually threatened the conservatives. You were able to stop that. We were able, so we didn't get everything that we wanted. Um, they did, but they did negotiate most of the bad things out of the new package. Um, the trick is, is that they're still going, the, the cities are going to be able to shift the money around. So the cities are still going to basically be able to get everything they want with a few exceptions. And that's where the public really needs to get involved because we really have to look at the fine print. Um, for example, they banned road diets in, the, in it. But they gave a caveat saying, well, you could do a road diet if it's for safety. Oh, brother. Yeah, if it's right. for safety, yeah. It's possible uh, that one person in the next 50 years could die. So it's, yeah. a, it's a safety issue. Marissa, I want to uh, just quickly give an example locally here in San Diego County of the same kind of thing. Uh, this relates to homelessness, right? Everybody wants to solve the homelessness problem. Recently, not only Escondido, but several other communities they were offered this um, money for homelessness from one of these county regional organizations again, but they had to accept this harm reduction plan, which spent a boatload of money on, oh, free crack pipes, uh, free drug needles for homeless people, whether they were already addicts or not. And But just to be clear, it was a county program that 
came from the state. Yeah, it was funded from the state fun, of funded California. Funded from the state, yeah. but it was statewide, and, and the county was forcing it on our city. So we went, so some of us went to our city council meetings and made it clear, we don't want that, we don't want that, because they were going to have a whole center where homeless people go to to get this drug paraphernalia. What a, what a great idea. And so thankfully, our community, our mayor and so on, decided they weren't going to do it. They just turned the money down. And isn't that, isn't that what we have to, in some cases, encourage? If there's no other choice, you either take the money, but you got all these bad strings attached, or else you don't get the money. Just, just isn't just it better to decline just, just to say, take, get your own funding? Like our mayor decided, he's going to find his own funding. He's going to find other sources to fund his homeless program and run it how he wants to but do that it. Is, which isn't easy. Because right. we have a deficit, but anyway. But it, when you when you say that that is a better plan, I mean, yeah, absolutely. the The number one thing that we drive is to tell our elected officials to stop the spending. Um, and it's interesting because as I've traveled around the country with working with local grassroots activists, it doesn't matter where I go; all of the programs are exactly the same. Yeah. In fact, I there yeah. was uh, when. When we came to Florida to speak to the local grassroots here, um, I only I, I didn't have a lot of time, so I just waited to do the research a few hours beforehand, and I just Googled a few keywords, and their local government and their state government had all the same programs, all the same bad programs we have in Arizona. And it was the same thing when I came out to California, um, because there is an agenda, and that agenda, we did not give consent. Uh, from the people to have that agenda be put in place. And so the number one thing is tell them that it's okay to say no to the spending. The politicians, the elected officials, they need to hear that from you. Yeah. And and by the way, when you mention NARC, the, the, the NARCs, it stands for National Association of Regional Councils. So everybody needs to be aware of that. You can look that up. You can see where that's coming from. We need to look up our regional council here in San Diego, and and we can stop some of this with local grassroots activism. And I wish we had a whole hour to talk about we that. Only have, unfortunately, but, Marissa, we only have a few minutes left, but I want to use it well. So Let's go over a couple of your suggestions for local activists. One, you say, figure out your mission, pick one project. Talk about that. Yeah, so one of the, um, one of the phrases we like to use, because it's true, is that government goes to those who show up. But what you'll often see is that there's kind of a fire hose of bad things happening. Yeah, it's hard and to pick so, which one. It is hard. How, how do, you, how do I mean, people pick one? And so, well, that's where that's where you kind of have to kind of game plan it out and kind of war game it out. And so you want to see, okay, what is the thing that has the biggest overarching impact in what we're looking at? And so, for example, vehicles mile traveled, that would be one of those big, huge things that's a non-negotiable that you have to go after and stop yep. because it changes your way of life. Just like vaccine mandates were, or, or passports, that was not going to happen. Like literally, change the way of life for yeah. almost every human. So being. yeah, you pick the biggest things. Yeah. But, yep. And so, and so, a lot of times you have to you have to look at all the different battles that are happening, and that's you know, if you read the book Rules for Radicals, that's one of the things that that their uh, Marxist strategy is is overwhelming the system. 
And oftentimes you can find things that you can fight that are going to, um, that are going to give them a battle on multiple levels. And when you can do that, that's even better. If you can cause, if you can cause your state officials to have to go on defense and you cause your local officials to go on defense and your county officials to go on defense all at the same time, now they're using up resources, more resources than you are. Give an example uh, of that. Like, what's an example so, of making them go on the de- on the defense? So the example that that you just gave is actually a perfect example um, with the homelessness policy. So you, with that homelessness policy, it was money coming from the state government that they likely got that money from the federal government. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't, because your governor's crazy. Um, but then it was going to the regional council and and the mayor. And so you now have multiple levels of government involved in how in this money and how this money is going to be spent. And with and with a mayor saying no, because the people are there telling them no. Now you're putting them on defense. And as soon as these bureaucrats have to go on defense, they lose because they have no good arguments for it. Once you look under the hood. Really? Hey, well, that is very important to know. And. One thing you said as well that kind of summarizes this, I mean, yes, you have to stand up and say no and have the public pressure and a way to to correct this ultimately, well, we we helped it at the federal level with the rules change and the omnibus bills, but also the heads of these nonprofits need to be elected instead of appointed, correct? Like that would be a long-term goal. Marissa, but, I, I know we're gonna we're, we're at the end of our time now. We are going to have to have you back. You are just a wealth yeah, because we got to talk about grassroots organizing, practical <laughs> information. But thank yeah. you so much for taking your time out with us, crazy Californians. Awesome! Thank you so much for all the work that you're doing to save California. Uh, you actually have the best chance of saving your state because you have a public right to public comment. So I want to encourage everyone to get involved and defend freedom in California and save it. Thank you, Marissa. Yes, we say Listeners, to bless your neighbor, go to ezaz.org and join with others locally like the Eagle Forum. Till next week, Biblical Citizens, let's roll! Join us next Saturday at noon for Biblical Citizen, let's roll! Your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis, seek to educate and activate Christians at a grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover another major news happening from the view of the biblical citizen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.